Today on an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that is best listened to while eating a ham sandwich with extra mustard and a side of ranch. But don't get that light ranch. It tastes like shit. Go for the real deal. Trust me. When a federal police officer takes a job at a Hawaiian Air Force base, the last thing he expected was to have a face-to-face -face encounter with the paranormal. More shocking was the fact that this face-to-face -face contact was from a former service member that passed away long, long ago. That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. Welcome to the program. 855-853-4802. Our phone number to share your real ghost stories with us. We'd absolutely love to hear them. And if you want to be a supporter of the show, an extra podcast person, as we call them, sign up at ghostpodcast.com. There you'll get access to all of our bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week. The full archive, you get all of those, more than 400 to binge away on with some of our best ghost stories ever. On top of that, you get uh, the whole archive, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. You get advanced episodes of the show about a month before the release to the public. It's all there, all ad-free. Just go to ghostpodcast.com to get in on all of that. Tony and Carol Hughes with you I'm on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, I wanted to tell you about a weird dream I had. Okay. Because, you know, I do have weird dreams. Yes. And so it was kind of interesting because I had a couple people reach out to me, assuming they are um, podcast listeners mm -hmm. of the show. And they were asking me if I'd had dreams about my dog. Mm -hmm. And because my dog died. And um, so I'm like, no, I haven't. And, and they're like, well, you'll have dreams about him. He'll come to you in a dream. And I remember years ago, I had a really wonderful dog. Lily, she was a Rottweiler, and and she always had she had hip dysplasia by the time she was a year old. It was really sad, and so. But in this dream, she was running, like and it was just beautiful. And I remember seeing her run, and I was like, oh, she's running. So like I'm thinking, like that would be a really cool dream to have something like that. But so I don't know if this dream is connected or not. But it was the weirdest, freakiest dream. So I dreamt that I was dying. Okay. And I'm literally dying. I'm I can't breathe well. I can't get around well. I can't and I can't communicate with anybody. So everybody's having me do all this stuff and I keep doing all this stuff. And I'm like, but I'm dying. And mm -hmm. I kept thinking that, but I'm dying. They want me to do this, but I'm dying. Mm -hmm. I'm just so tired that I can't do it. Like, I just can't. And nobody seems to get it. And I can't communicate with anybody. And so I just kept doing it. Like, everything they're telling me to do, I'm mm -hmm. doing it. And then I would be, like, so tired. I'd have to lay down. Oh, God, I'm dying. And it, so I woke up in a lot of distress after that dream. And I was like, what the fuck did that just mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, it was just this really weird, sad, yet in the dream, I wasn't mad. I wasn't anything like that. I'm just like, they must not know. 
Like, I don't know how to tell them this. And then I was like, shit, it was my dog. Like, isn't that weird? It, it was because, your dog. What do you mean by that? You said it was your dog. Because in my dream, I couldn't communicate with anybody. I just kept doing everything they asked. Okay. So I keep doing it and I keep going and I keep trying and I keep plugging away best I can. Mm -hmm. But it's like nobody seems to get that I'm dying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And I was like, when that hit me, it's middle of the night. And I'm like, whoa. I don't know that that was it. But I'm like, almost it like did you, you were. Give me some peace about it because I did have to make a decision that I didn't want to. Yeah. It's almost like you were interpreting the emotions of the dog. Exactly. Yeah. And I couldn't communicate outwardly and tell mm -hmm. anybody. Yeah. Hey, I'm dying. Yeah. You know, and everybody's still like acting like, hey, we're going to do this. You got to go do this. You got to do this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best, but I'm really tired because yeah. I'm dying. But I'm going to keep going. And. And then just waking up from a dream like that where I've been mm -hmm. dying. And and it was really... But I didn't die in my dream. I woke up before then. But um, but it was just... And so, like, and it was this weird kind of feeling, too. Because the feeling of I was dying was, like, kind of one foot in and one foot out. It was this weird kind of place to be like, I'm doing the things, but if I just, I could just let go at any moment mm -hmm. and be gone. Like I could just let go, but I can't let go because they still need me to do these things. Yeah. And so I was like laying there and I was like, man, when people were saying that my dog would visit me in a dream, like, that isn't what I was thinking. That's how he visited but, you. He's like, here's how I felt. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm expecting a dog running through a field yeah. like the other dream I had. And it was so beautiful. Yep. But at the same time, I was like, now who's to say it's a dream? It's open to interpretation, obviously. Yeah. And I'm reading a lot into everything these days because it was very emotional for me. But sure. like to have a dream like that, you know, that was in you know, two weeks after he's yeah. gone. And and I'm like, well, it, if that's how he felt. Like, well, it, I'm going to keep do because I had said I thought he had been going for me. Yeah. Well, and, uh, that's it. You, you said you said that before. This is probably honestly more so your brain and mind processing everything and trying to release some of these things. And if there's guilt there or anything like that, you're you're trying to process and release some of those things. That could so, be, yeah. So, so it's going, yeah. it's gonna, it's going to manifest itself in different ways. So I don't necessarily know that it was him coming to you and saying, "Here's how I felt." I think no, it's more I so you. You know that it yeah. was him, yeah. but it made me think, yeah, that's how he felt. I think it's your processing the the yeah. all the different ways that you that that it may have felt. Yeah, but nonetheless, that's a very weird dream. It is, but the thing is, at the end of the day, you got to remember this. The best part of waking up. I don't drink coffee. And you're going to start it right. Never did drink coffee. It starts it when people you. The best part of waking up is folders in the oven.
The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Brightens your morning like mountain-grown Folgers. Mountain-grown Folgers. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's just like getting out of their bed and they act like zombies. There's one like, did you remember the one where like they, the father took a bite out of the child's neck and then he smelled then the he coffee. Smelled the coffee. And he because got up. The other child had come home from college and started the pot of coffee. Exactly. And then suddenly everybody was like all happy. And it was just this warm, happy holiday. So the other kid came walking in with a bleeding neck. And then he fell to the ground and bled out completely, and he died. And then the father was arrested uh, on attempted murder because they saw the blood dripping down his shirt. But he had his coffee with him. And, and it was only a 15-second ad. All of that happened really fast. It was ama- You should have seen the five-second version that they played sometimes. <laughs> the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Folgers is mountain-grown coffee, and the rich aroma of mountain-grown beans makes Folgers one coffee made with the morning in mind. That sounds like Folgers. something you could have read. Folgers is a one coffee. <laughs> you could be doing the voiceover on that. We use all sorts of unethical behaviors to get these beans into your coffee cup. It's what we do at Folgers. Many people have died, but you got a fine cup of coffee. Now, I have no, I have no idea how they get their coffee. I have no clue. Um, but uh, there you go. Uh, let's uh, go over to our first story today here on uh, Real Ghost Stories online just blow this up here so i can read it because i'm a old man now and uh we know all that goes to shit oh by poor the way for you turning 40 i know How adorable uh, isn't it isn't it cute you like that yes yeah yes. um i was looking into getting uh hearing aids and because i swear to god i miss a lot of shit and i got hearing tests done a couple different places they won't even sell them to me Oh, because you're too young? No, they're just like, you don't need them. Oh. Like, you should go see an ENT. I'm like, okay, I'll go do that next. But I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I, I, I swear to God, there's times where I'm just like, I'm not picking shit up. So I guess we'll find out. Maybe I'm going mad. That could be the next uh, reason. I don't know. Uh, this starts out, I was working at an army base called Fort Shafter, Hawaii, as a federal police officer, and I've been catching the city bus at night from my place. I arrived at Fort Shafter around 1030 at night, and when I arrived at my location, which was the base police, I had uh, down to the meeting room where we would hold our roll call. So there was a chair to sit in behind the door. I shut the door, sat in the chair, went to sleep. At approximately midnight, a figure of a ghost was holding my hands down to the arms of the chair, and someone else was holding my, down my feet, so I couldn't move. The first ghost that was holding down my hands was, in, was identified and yanked in the blue uniform. He had a long, black, curly hair, bushy type, and a black hat on. And he was white in complexion, with a black mustache, black-shaped beard with a small gold tee. He was screaming at his voice, in front of me, but I couldn't move from the chair. He was still holding me down. Then I broke loose from the chair and ran out of the room quickly, and I was so scared I almost shit my pants. I mentioned this to my coworkers, but it was hard to believe. That was the first contact with the ghost. The year was 04 when I started working at Fort Shafter, and a story. Second contact was in the same room where we had roll call and a briefing. It was approximately 12 to 3 a.m., 
As I walked into the room, I was pretending that I was looking at some pictures on the wall, combing my hair. As I was standing there, I heard a bunch of noises, laughing, and then the words came out clearly, get the fuck out of here. So, as I was leaving, there was one more person in the room, and I left quickly, because when the Pearl Harbor War was going on, they ran out of the room and started to put dead bodies in the room in the basement. So I've gone to another building, which was where our supervisor's office is located. This time, it was at 12 to 3. It was the Teskey office for the third contact with the ghost. And I can also identify what the, uh, he looked like and was wearing. I had gone into the, uh, into the officer and put two, one in front and another behind, so I made myself comfortable and then slept well until I woke up and couldn't move at all. I noticed the ghost in the corner looking at me and didn't say a word, just staring at me. It was a Confederate soldier dressed in gray, a hat. He was white, wearing a gray long coat, tall black boots, and he was white with a beard and a long musket rifle by his side and just staring at me, and then he let loose from restraining me. The last contact was in the physical security office. I went into the office and turned on the AC conditioner. Then I put the chair behind the chair and sat in it and made myself comfortable at the same time of the last incident. At the same time, this time I didn't see anyone, but felt them touch and holding my feet down and holding down my arms. As I was sleeping, the ghost lifted both my legs for ten minutes, it seemed, and let me go. And then went away. I went back to sleep for at least an hour. The ghost left me alone because they seemed to want the AC off. It's a very strange time for me and an experience I'll never forget when I made contact with a ghost. So here's a question. A Confederate soldier on Hawaii? Exactly. That's weird. And it's also weird. At the very end, like the they attacked him because they wanted the air conditioner off? I guess some ghosts really like the AC. You know, you got to... I, I would be that ghost. I would totally be that ghost. But I got to imagine they probably didn't have AC back in the day. No. And so, therefore, it's like, what is this foreign cold air coming in? But it, I thought even the other really strange thing about this was that all of the encounters he had, they attacked him. Mm-hmm. Like, held him down, sort of attacked him. Kind of like uh, sleep that's, paralysis that's of some That's not sort. very common. No, I mean, that's more of a paralysis-type situation where something's happening and you're interpreting it as, as ghostly. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how paranormal this is or how much this is more of a psychological condition or something that's happening um, in a sleep state that is manifesting and you're, you're believing it's it's this... Because the second one sounded like there was other people around, but then I couldn't totally tell yeah. if there were other, because there was, but then I don't know if there was. I don't know. So, yeah, that one has questions. Like, that's one I'd like to ask some more questions. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. This is Derek from Cleveland again. Um I wanted to give you guys another story because it's October. It's uh creepy time. I was like, let me give them a different one this time. Um, so this happened, I want to say, 
like six, seven years ago. Um, my husband and I had a friend who took his life. And the way we found out is that we had a mutual friend at work. And when we're on our way out, she had left hours before we did, but we're on our way out to leave. And um, she texts us both and says, hey, did so-and-so die? And I said, not that I know of, and, you know, kind of texting her back. And then I'm like, why did you think that? And she says, check Facebook. So we're on his Facebook, and we're kind of sitting in the car before we've left to go home, strolling through, and somebody posted, like, not long before I got on, I guess, posted something about, oh, I can't believe he killed himself. So then, you know, a lot of the, the mutual friends got on and they started spamming her. Like, why would you say that? That's so tasteless, blah, 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 blah. And then the post got deleted. But I'm glad I got to see it because that was my actual confirmation because everybody else was kind of being iffy about saying anything. So we get home and um, our house at the time didn't have any AC. But, um, and this may be TMI for some, but whatever, I'm establishing the fact that I was very vulnerable. We both were, we're sitting in the game room in our underwear because we didn't have AC and it was hot and we're on our phones upstairs trying to figure out what happened, like what, you know, what's going on, what happened, why do you do it, you know? So at the time also we had two dogs, a Cocker Spaniel, half Cocker Spaniel, half Black Lab Mix that breeders called a Spanador and a Jack Russell Terrier. So we are da- we're upstairs, the dogs are downstairs. Um, we start to hear, like while we're on our phones, like it sounds like somebody is ransacking us, like they're taking their arm and going across shelves and knocking down like DVDs. We're hearing things falling, things like knocked over, things breaking, and he and I look at each other and in his usual sarcastic fashion, he's like, I guess we're being robbed then. And that's what I'm thinking. So I'm like, okay, wait here. I'm going to go check it out. So I grab a knife because I keep lots of blades around me um, at any given time. I grab one of my knives and I'm like, okay, let's go down and see what's going on. So I, I close the room that he's in in case somebody gets past me for whatever the reason. And I'm walking down the stairs real slowly, try not to make any noise. And when I get down to the bottom, my Jack Russell is down there and he's looking and barking in the direction of our dining room. So you have to go at the bottom of the stairs, you have to go through our living room to get to our dining room. So he's barking in that direction. And we had like a little cutout on the way down, like a window where you could like kind of see through. And I'm looking like real carefully, making sure that, you know, nobody's hiding somewhere to kind of jump out at me. And I'm going down back to the wall. And when I get to the bottom of the stairs, I see a shadow on the floor, not like a shadow person. It's a shadow on the floor and it backs up like it noticed me and wanted to hide and backed up against our buffet, which is where I was hearing all the noise coming from. So I kind of stand there still for a minute, like, okay, this is it. Somebody must be in here. (laughs) So our dog, our other dog, the Spanador is in the basement. And she comes up from the basement. She's barking and then goes through the dining room and runs right up to me and looks at me like, hey, what's up? So I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. If there was another being in the house, she would have sniffed it half to death because that's just how she was. She would go up and she wanted to sniff it. They both would. Um, But 
just would want to sniff the person and check them out and, you know, whatever before coming up to one of us. So when she comes right up to me, I'm thinking, wait a minute. She walked right by whatever it was. She would have stayed with them. So I go in the dining room and, you know, on the way I'm looking at the front door, the front door is locked. None of the windows are open. The windows are all locked. I'm kind of crazy overprotective and try to keep everything locked down. So, you know, everything is as I left it. Back door is locked. Side door is locked. None of the windows have been tampered with or broken. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the fuck was that? Like, this is house haunted. At the time, we'd only been in the house for, like, we'd been in the house for probably a year or two at the time, I want to say. So I'm thinking, okay, nothing has ever manifested itself until just now. What the fuck is this? So I call my friend, one of my besties, and I'm telling him about it. And I'm pacing back and forth. Because whenever I'm on the phone, I just, I walk back and forth incessantly. So pacing back and forth and talking to him about it. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm, I'm walking right in the area where the shadow was. And I stop and realize, like, I'm looking at a sculpture that my friend who took his own life, he made the sculpture for me. It was like a head that he made out of clay. And that's where I was seeing the shadow when it backed up like it was hiding. And I was like, oh, because nothing was broken in the house. Nothing was it was like nobody had ever even been there. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, what is all this noise? But, you know, nothing's there. So the, I'm looking at the statue, looking right at the head. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was like, I think that was him coming to tell me that he was okay kind of a thing. Because that's, you know, the shadow was right there. And then my friend says, oh, you know what probably happened? He knows you like paranormal stuff. He was probably trying to give you your own little paranormal story. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? And I actually still have the head to this day. I might actually email that to you guys. I have it to this day down here in my basement on a shelf. And it's in my game room with me. And every now and then I give it a pat. Kind of like, hey, you know, miss you. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened with my friend when he passed. He wanted to, I guess, show me that there was something else and that he was okay. So I'll be calling in to tell you guys more. I've had a lot happen to me with the paranormal over the years. So I love you guys' show. I know I said that the first time I called, but I absolutely love you guys' show. I, I listen to it more than um, the serious radio that I pay for, which is horrible. I hope my husband never hears. He'll be like, then why don't you just get rid of it because I don't want to. <laughs> but anyway, neither here nor there. You both have a wonderful day. Happy Halloween and take care. Thank you for sharing that story <laughs> with us and loving us more than your serious radio. We do appreciate that. I know there's so many options on serious. I don't XM. blame you. Have you listened to half the shit? I'm not trying to be anti-serious radio, but I mean, there's some good stuff there. Definitely. But there's just so much shit on there. Where it's like, you're just really trying to fill programming with like not much good stuff. I don't know. I have it. I listen to it, but yeah. yes, you're right. Yeah. Out of all the channels, I probably listened to 15. So much better on podcasting. My, out there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that guy can tell a really good story. Like that was like very, very fascinating to me. Yeah. The whole thing. And I love how he got the knife and was like, you stay here. Mm -hmm. Man, I need a guy like that in my life. You stay here. I got this. <laughs> you sure, honey? Because I'm willing to stay here. Um, so that, but then with the dogs and like, it is that sort of thing, like 
the dog's barking this direction, but the other one comes up and is like, hey, you're here. Mm-hmm. And your dog would sense that. Your dog would know. Yeah. You know, and and then to have all of that activity, all of that, what the hell is all of that sound mm-hmm. going on, just to look over and be like, oh, it's all centered around that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing moved. That's just fascinating to me. Very much so. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, great story. Thank you for sharing that one with us. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi, Tony. My name is Nick. I'm up here in uh, Schoolcraft, Michigan. And, uh, I mean, I've been listening to this show for a couple of years now. And, you know, uh, never get enough of it. <laughs> and, you know, uh, up here in Schoolcraft, we got a big history of uh, Underground Railroad being part of a, a, a big part of this town. And uh, during school uh, in second grade, I remember going to the uh, Underground Railroad House, only about a mile away from school. Uh, they walked us down there, and uh, it was really cool to see all the all the little rooms and uh, all the kind of little hiding spots and cool stuff that they had out uh, as a little museum for our school to look at. And, uh, in fact, it's open for the whole town to look at, uh, whenever it drives by, I just go and look at it like that. Um, so my job, I also work for a home improvements company around the same area. And I go to all these houses, um, you know, I go within a hundred miles of my job, but specifically this one job was about two miles from my, our shop. <laughs> and, uh, we're going into it and you know, my normal job is I go into the house and I basically do a, a seal on the house to make sure that it's energy efficient. So one of, one of the part of my jobs is to go up into the attic, uh, kind of check insulation levels, make sure there's no mold, you know, do some work up there if need be. So I walk into this house, probably a hundred and some years old. Uh, I go into it, uh, do what I need to do up until that part where I need to go into the attic. Okay. So I grab a ladder, I open the attic access, uh, and go up in this house. And uh, all these old houses, they don't have very good insulation. Uh, back in the old days, they used uh, old newspapers, you know, for insulation. And uh, so I'm up there crawling around, checking on stuff. And I find this, this notebook clipping uh, of a girl from the town over uh, called Portage. Um, says she had went missing and stuff like that. And uh, it was very odd because there's only like a probably 10, 11 year old girl, and uh, from that area. But it was like a there's a like a stack of newspaper up there also. So I don't know if it's the family that lived there or not. But either way, it's a very creepy house. So uh, I'm up in the attic, and the attic access itself is uh, you know one of the pull down attic accesses with a ladder, um, kind of hooks and slides down. So um, I go up in the attic, doing that thing after I find that, you know, it was like a good 10 minutes that I was up there that you know, I was about to uh, come back down. And next thing I know, I'm sitting there uh, looking at the insulation and whatnot. Next thing I know, all I hear is bam. And I look over and the attic access itself is shut. And what's just pretty impossible to me unless, you know, well, the, the homeowner did it. But of course I had asked him and he had not. Uh, so that was, you know, that was very creepy. I very creeped out at that instant. So I had to 
kind of uh, call the homeowner himself and have him pull it back down for me so I could get out. So it has been very odd instances there. Uh, another one I wanted to talk about was uh, the other day, I had to work last Saturday, um, and what, I had to go down to South Bend, Indiana. And part of that was I couldn't be to the job until about 1 o'clock p.m. because uh, the customer wasn't being very nice. And uh, so basically to kill time, what I did was I pulled into a cemetery that's down there and I uh, just kind of walked around, did what I needed, or kind of killed some time. And what I found out, I, it's kind of weird, though, because my family and my uh, my mother's maiden name is St. John. So I mean, it's a pretty common last name. But I went in, and I was sitting there walking around, and I see this headstone, St. John. Oh, you know, it kind of intrigued me. Oh, cool. You know, same family. Uh, now, I sit there for a second, didn't really think too much about it. I went back to my vehicle as it was almost time for me to leave and go to my other job. And as soon as I get in the vehicle, oddly enough, what starts playing is the dance by Garth Brooks. And it doesn't seem too significant at this moment, but my grandmother, my grandmother's, my grandma St. John, uh, who had passed away when I was about 10, um, I looked up to her a lot and whatnot, but at her funeral, it was also one of her favorite songs, was Garth Brooks' The Dance. And therefore, it's just always, you know, uh, a memorable song throughout with, with our family. When that song comes on, you always think of her, what not like that. And uh, so I just thought it was a really weird coincidence that as soon as I, you know, she popped into my head, and then I, uh, as soon as I got back to the vehicle, the song came on. It's just a funny way of, uh, you know, not necessarily sensitive or anything like that, but it's a funny way. I feel like my grandma was there, you know, I was kind of like, hey, I know you're having a bad day. Hope it gets better for you. Just pop in to say hi. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's always good to feel like a good feeling. When you, when you feel a loved one and being around is coming to say hi, it just makes you feel really good inside. So, all right, thanks. I hope this gets used. Otherwise, uh, you know, if it doesn't, whatever, but... I really am a big fan of the show, guys, and I I, I really love uh, this outlet that we get. I have called in once before, you know, like a year, year and a half ago, and they get used. I was very happy about that. But uh, all right, you guys have a great day. Uh, TF, I love the new uh, spirit flash that you guys going out. I really need to get you one of those. All right, guys, have a good day. Bye. Thanks for sharing your story with us. What's your thoughts? Well, number one, that whole thing about hearing the song come on, like you and I working in radio for so long, that happened so many times. Oh, yeah. That that I don't think it's a coincidence at all. No. Like, at all. There was so many times that people would tell me, like, a really weird story, and then they got in the car, and then I played the dance by Garth Brooks. Yeah. You know, like, and so I went and it's happened to me like I've heard you know a certain song that was like what the hell like how does that even happen and it does feel like it's kind of a a little nod from the beyond you know little I love you or hey I I just heard you know I just you were thinking about me and and here I am well and what the audience does not know 
is that uh, oftentimes you would be sitting in the studio and all of a sudden you would just throw yourself back in the chair and you'd be like, <laughs> you start talking in tongues and you'd be like, the Brooks and Dunn. The moon, and then you just play the song, and it was really weird watching you do call. that. It was weird, and then someone would call and say, "I'm it's so great that you played that song for me. It really meant a lot uh, of Neon Moon uh, because that's the song that uh, I I uh, went to the bar to the other night, and I sat in the corner, and I was really sad and depressed. So then I walked outside, and I met a possum. It was sitting on top of my car." And I took the possum home, and we've been best friends ever since. And we're considering becoming lovers and friends. And um, it, but it'd be these weird stories like that. That it would all be because of you going into weird trances and then playing songs. See how it works. It works. People now you, know, you and now you just the great Oz. Like what? It's just me being possessed. You being possessed, and the people finding love with possums. It's. <laughs> It's the shit that you don't know about that goes on behind the scenes that really makes it special. Right, I'm glad right. we can pull the curtain back a little bit for everyone just so they can see a little bit about you know what it, what it's like. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> You're so weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and so much more and help keep the program on the air. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.